Good evening, everyone. If you are watching, if you are joining us, it is another episode of Not Another Sunday. And it is Thursday evening. It's 8 o'clock and I have my very good friend Ham with me. How are you doing, Ham? I'm doing well, Martin. Evening, everybody. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about some stuff um, about the kingdom and um, about church. Yeah. Maybe about other stuff. Maybe about marriage. Maybe about parenting. I don't know. We'll see where we go. But um, yeah, just to welcome everyone, if you're watching, a special welcome to folks who are watching from Bay City Church, anyone watching from Connections Church, there might be some Connections folk. Um, Actually, speaking of which, I want to just quickly um, share this because now that we are actually live, just so that people can see it. Um, And if you are watching, um, like the video, share the video, it helps for other people to get hold of it that maybe have not um, seen that we are on. So sorry, I'm just doing this quickly while while we are actually here. Um, Ham, I was just asking you about um, the elections. I was wondering who do you think is going to win after all of this back and forth? Do you have a gut feeling about anybody in particular? I mean, it's an interesting one because um, I think a lot of prophets are going to be really disappointed <laughs> if Trump doesn't win. I'm not quite sure how they're going to actually... <laughs> how do they continue their prophetic ministry I, I after, don't know, after eh? that? I don't know. Um that's a uh, very good question. Yeah, look, it's um, it's politics, isn't it? Eh? Um, and uh, it certainly has major impacts into you know kind of the geopolitical spheres and the and the economic spheres. But um, I I've got no feel for it. Um, last I saw, it was kind of very very close. So, yeah, um, I, I'm certainly not going to predict a winner because I probably get it wrong. Yeah. I think I think it is pretty much. It looks like Biden has the the inside edge, and he's probably going to take it. But then mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are complaining that apparently there's voter fraud and all these things. But you know, it's it's funny because Trump was saying stop counting the votes in one particular area yeah. where he was busy losing, and then another area where votes were coming in to his favor. There he wanted them to continue counting. So it's sort of, you know, it's sort of this double standard um, situation. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, politics is politics, eh? And uh, I think as a church, we probably best, um, it's good to vote. Yeah. It's good to make sure that we, uh, you know, we, we, we express our our, our views. Um, but uh, um, I think you've got to be called, eh, to be a politician. So, uh, so I think, yeah, look, I, uh, I mean, many people have asked me about the South African political situation. And it's it's the same, you know. It's a, it's like a quagmire. Mm. Um, you know, should one should one have a Christian government is kind of the question that people like yeah. to ask. You know, yeah. Um, I honestly believe that uh, we should have Christians in government. I don't believe that we should have a Christian government. Um, I, 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 that's what we're talking about tonight, yeah. really. Yeah. Is that um, you know Jesus is uh, our our governmental authority, our highest governmental authority. And I don't see that we need another one. Um, so for me, the kingdom of God is is way more important than the political situation. But a country is important, and it's important that we vote. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm not a proponent for kind of um, you know don't vote. Uh, certainly cast your vote. But um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I've been in meetings where I've heard that uh, the various political parties in South Africa um, from all spheres have uh, really, really strong Christian 
God-fearing, mm. God-honoring yeah. people in them and, and are doing some amazing yeah. work. We just never hear about them because yeah. they're not the ones that are mouthing off in Parliament. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I think I agree with you fully. I don't think we should have Christian government. I think that's a, it's almost like a, what's the term for something that's a contradiction in terms? There's another term for it. But it's, you know, the moment you're a Christian yeah, government, yeah. You're gonna, are you going to do everything to represent Christ? And, and that becomes yeah. very troubling, very difficult yeah, because... Yeah you can't be that you can't be a christian government no. um you you can like you say you can be christians in government and you can have christian values and yeah. you can try and adhere to changing you know yeah, the country for absolutely. for in terms of good things but i think yeah i was just i saw this one i won't mention this person's name but i saw them it was on on one of the social media platforms where they were praying now for for trump to win because now it looks like he's going to yeah. lose and and immediately the scripture that came to mind is, um, you know, when you pray, don't babble. Because it's just this babbling yeah. noise, yeah. this babbling noise of trying to sort of twist God's arm mm. into their getting their way. Yeah. And I think that is one of the big dangers in America is it's actually become Christian nationalism in America. I, that yeah. was in South Africa. Yeah, and it was completely false. It was completely yeah. demonic. But it was Christian nationalism. Yeah. And you create laws around that and you begin to kind of um, um, force people into these false doctrines and, um, you know, so you can create a whole doctrine around apartheid and, and, and justify it for so many years and yeah. participate in it. And and you can see the, the kind of devastation that it has done, you know. So, no, I um, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm reminded of my school. Um, so I, I was, um, I went to school in Neisner and uh, it was Afrikaans school, and I was one of the few English guys in there. And um, I remember when we played rugby games, um, it was mandatory that we used to have to pray. Sure. And so we'd get into this huddle, and um, and you know the the coach would would get us to, uh, or he would pray, and then he would tell us, um, uh, you know, after we've we've prayed, and and he'd cheer us up and get us on the field, and he said, now go and smash them up, eh? But in <laughs> Good old Afrikaans, and um, <laughs> with a few choice yeah, words with a as few well. Hammers and sick sickles and daggers yeah. in there, and and that always kind of sat with me in my formative years, you know, because my kind of my grade eight, nine, ten, eleven were my my Christian. That's where my where God started to work mm. in my heart. Mm. Um, I mean, I surrendered my life when I was in matric um, in September, just before my my prelim. So. Um, I remember that really, really well. Kind of had a radical conversion. I used to be this really good guy, yeah. and getting good guys saved is always really difficult. Yeah, because there's no reason to. Get there's saved. no reason to get saved, but, but gee, you I, yeah, I needed to get saved, eh? and um, and so, um, yeah, I, I I remember all of that um, that kind of nationalism. That kind of was my was my my shape, and and you're right. It was like Christian nationalism where. Where um, I mean, they taught us that as Christians, we could not allow the communists to overrun the country. You know, so stand up for your, yeah. um, you know, for your, for your folk and your fatherland and, yeah. and your hut. So it it was very interesting. Yeah, it's God very true. It's actually there's from that. it's actually there's a lot of lessons in that. Actually, that you kind of hope maybe in some ways, um, Christians in America will also. Um, heed. I'm not saying that they need to learn and that we've somehow got it right because I don't think that's the case necessarily. But I think there's some real warning signs there in terms of 
the kind of stuff where we connect directly a particular political ideology directly to our yeah. faith. We, yeah. we make this direct connection yeah. and these two things are inseparable and our identity gets locked into that. Absolutely. And so we can't shift um, because it's it's our everything. Yeah. These things are completely connected. And yeah. That's very dangerous. I'm just going to say to everyone who, if there is anyone watching, send us a comment so we know that you are watching. It's not always clear to us from this platform if, I, if you guys are there. So just say hi. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, but if you have questions for Ham as well, you can fire those questions in. You can ask him anything. Ham will answer any question under the sun um, very well. But I, I, want to do, I want to speak a little bit. We're speaking about the kingdom already. I think that's kind of um, indicative of, of where we're going to go yeah. and where we, what we speak about anyway. I think if we speak long enough, we will always kind of, it, it's a bit like a watershed. Huh? You will always default into that um, gully. Yes. And uh, kind of at the end of the day, we'll talk about the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we've appreciated about our relationship and our friendship is yeah. that we've got that common heart. Um, absolutely. And it's been a shaping because I don't think, you know, we've journeyed together for more than 10 years and I don't think either of us were, were then where we are now in terms of how God has shaped us. Mm in our journey but i wanted to come to your journey a bit for people who don't know you um and just just a little bit of the interesting path god has taken you and the many hats that you wear so yeah. you wear obviously the hat of a husband you wear yeah. the hat of a father yeah um you wear the hat of a pastor yes. of the local church yes. and you wear the hat of an engineer and slash business owner right so all of these things, and there's maybe other hats you could throw, and also many um, actually non trusts, non profit yeah, um, non organizations. So, I think the place to start is you. I mean, you mentioned you, you God encountered you really sort of around your end mm. of your schooling career, but how did you decide that engineering um, was going to be the area that you're going to go into? What What was it about engineering that stirred you that that caught your eye or or was it just sort of fluke or did you feel that there was some kind of a a way god was actually arranging things for you to go and study engineering look i i think it was it was god orchestrated so um up until i was 18 um i was actually my desire was to become a professional soldier um sure. i wanted to become a, a i didn't know that i wanted to become a mercenary and um i had um i'd been um kind of groomed and trained during my schooling hmm. um by the um you know by the establishment um they found an english nationalist hmm. that was um uh, that could speak english and, and that was kind of a prized possession hmm. and so um i was that that person very loyal to the system very loyal to um you know to the ideology but um uh, then in my matric year, as I said, got radically saved. Um, mm. I, I, in a space of ten days, seven of us English guys all surrendered our lives to Christ. Day, um, four in the one week and three in the next. It, it, it was phenomenal. And uh, kind of just looking back on it now, um, there were my, myself and my brother in the first week, uh, together with a um, a brother and uh, two brothers. Um, in week one, week two was was three of our other mates, and so sure. um, and we were the I think we were seven or eight guys, English guys, in the hostel at school. So, um, you know, we 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 got saved out of a a very very interesting situation. Yeah. But um, so so my 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 whole goal was to do national service, join permanent force, 
um, get trained in um, special forces, and then, uh, in a sense, become um, you know somebody who who would fight for the highest sure. bidder. And um, I wouldn't have married. I wouldn't have done any of that. I, I was. I, I mean, I could shoot a guinea fowl, you know, neck from the body. I mean, head from the body through the neck. Um, sure. And so. Was that just part of just growing up on the farm no, as no, well no, and no. shooting? No, no, we, that, were, we, were that, sure. we were we were trained. We were trained at school level already. School level, yeah. Sure. School level, we were trained. So we used to do weekends and uh, hmm. um, and so I got radically saved out of that. And suddenly, here I am, um, you know, the um, around the seventeenth of September, um, in my matric year, and, and and I had to make a career sure. change. Um, so I was interested in in kind of um, you know the whole the farming aspect and and I thought that could be my cover. Hmm. I'd be a farmer, but a you know farmer by day and a killer by night. <laughs> um, but uh, but God delivered me from that. And and but I always had an interest in maths and science. And okay. um, you know on the farm I used to love building bridges and hmm. uh, and and kind of uh, I I used to use wire and and um cement and i used to build mm. my own bridges and 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 have this this elaborate um you know plastic car kind mm. of um so so when i went to my playroom it yeah. was it was the blue gum trees that had this this township that i'd built out sure, of um, sure. so there, there was this creativity that was already mm. in my my dna and i, I realized later that it was romans 12 sure. Sure. That um, you know, God has placed this creativity inside of us, and and so, um, you, you know, if you allow it just to 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 come to the mm. fore, um, and allow God to use you, then it's powerful. So, uh, I then decided to apply for engineering. Um, I applied to UCT, and they took me. And uh, the strange thing I I always say to um, to my children, the strange thing is that I should not have gone to university. Mm. Um, I failed English. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I passed Afrikaans as a first language, and I failed English, which was crazy. I mean, it, it's just the wrong way around sure. for an English dude. And um, but it just it was the way it was, and and I got in. Um, you know, by my God's grace, I got in, and then um, came to Cape Town, and and so the mechanical engineering department allowed me in. Civil engineering department uh, didn't. Um, civil would have been your first civil choice. Civil would have been my first sure. choice, yeah. And, and it's interesting at the time where there was a lot of infrastructure build mm. that was happening. But, um, yeah, we, so I studied, um, studied for four years. And, um, and I mean, I, I got my degree, um, did really, really well. I loved it. I met Jane while at university, um, yeah, at UCT. And then I had to go and do national service. And so... I'm kind of born again now, mm. and suddenly now I have to go and do national service. And so, my 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 call up came, and I went to infantry school in Bloemfontein, of all places. Sure. And so sure. I I wanted to actually go to the um, engineering corps, yeah, and uh, do some expression there, but that didn't happen. So um, so uh, I get called up to this infantry school, and and the very first day they classify me with the, um, a medical classification G three K three, which means you're not allowed outside the base. You're not allowed 20 kilometers away from a hospital. They, they, they said to me, you know, I'm kind of a health risk and a health sure. hazard, but they, they, I have to stay. So they didn't want to kind of send me sure. home. I would have been delighted if they sent me home, but they didn't send me home. So, <laughs> so I ended up being a chaplain's clerk 
for 18 oh, months okay. in the national in general national service yeah and um and so um and the crazy thing is my my, my nickname and just for you know out there my nickname was communist okay. because i studied at, on kremlin on the hill and so oh, they consider uct's obviously it's yeah. not it's not um it's not stellenbosch it's no, not um no tux no so i so, so suddenly i went from this um you know christian national or the the, the nationalist yeah. um with christian roots so i get born again and um and now i get to go and do my national service and now suddenly i get asked you know has moscow trained me to be a <laughs> to be a sharpshooter am i have i infiltrated the national defense force say as a um you know, as a trained were, were spy. They yeah, they were they genuinely asking? Genuinely, they were genuinely concerned <laughs> because I shot so well. Yeah, they couldn't sure. understand how an English guy who went to um, UCT could actually shoot so well, and I hadn't shot a rifle in in four years. Sure. And so um, I I won a competition. Just a side note, I won a competition. Um, so they, they, every every intake they would have this competition where um, everybody would go to the shooting mm. range and they would shoot, and then. Um, the person who won got an extra long holiday or extra weekend. And um, and so I was a chaplain's clerk. So I was in the first couple that, that actually um, uh, engaged. And uh, and then they put me into a, a vehicle and drove me back to base. And I remember sitting in my desk and I was working, uh, preparing troops for, for national deployment. And... Um, um, on the parade ground, I just heard communists, and uh, I suddenly realized something had happened, you know. So I had to know, I couldn't remember, do I salute left, right? I mean, I've been trained for this stuff for years. And and so anyway, I, I get there and and, um, and so I'm standing in front of the, um, uh, either the captain or the major at the time, and he, he, he looks at me and he says, communists, <laughs> Moscow, <laughs> and uh, I was hilarious, but I mean, I couldn't laugh. I couldn't do anything. So, sure. and, and he was dead serious. He was dead serious, sure. and so he'd put up the weekend, and he'd paid for it as well because he owned. Um, you know, we think we have corruption nowadays, hey? but the, the major actually owned all the transport companies that used to transport us every single weekend that we went on long leave. It was his sure. company, and we had to use his. Sure. So he was just making nice, money out nice. of us troops, you know. Um, it's kind of circling the yeah. the government's money from you know from the troops to the major and and um, but the you know, government is paying. Um, but anyway, I um, uh, so I won that weekend and and it kind of um, you know it, it kind of sank home that um, that when you know in your in your journey with God, um, all things work out for the yeah, good. It is. And it's on that weekend that I actually got engaged to Jane. I came sure. to Cape Town sure. and um, I used that weekend, got engaged. And, and then obviously so going into engineering, you eventually got shipped off to Joburg as all engineers end up sort of yeah, so I had a, end up on the mines somehow. Yeah, I, I, I had an Anglo bursary, so I ended up on the mines. And it's, um, and you know, when I, when I got married to Jane, I, I said to her, I said, we, um, I mean, the one thing that almost hindered us from getting married is, is the fact that I said to her, I really believe that that God's wanting to use us, and, and we need to study. And the word study kind of just did not sit well mm. with her. And so um, she said, "You got a university degree. Um, you know, Jane's a qualified hairdresser." So she said, "I don't want to study." Um, and it almost shipwrecked sure. our relationship. But um, you know, God in His grace kind of rectified that. Sure. And then, um, 
and so uh, within two years of me getting saved mm. um i was already leading mm. and so I, I i realized that there was this call that was on my life eh? and um i was doing engineering i was doing really mm. well but um i got i was passionate about local church passionate mm. about ministry passionate about uh, just being um being fruitful uh, in whatever mm. i did and mm. so um ended up um in clarksdorp and um and worked on the mines there and got involved in a local church there and um and and so i've always been from day one um involved in local mm. church um i don't know and and there's not to brag it's just a statement mm. i don't know a month that i haven't tithed mm. so um tithing for me was something that that god had, had showed me right in the beginning mm. so um if you say to me you know which month in the last what is it 33 mm. or 34 mm. I, I can't even remember how many years i've been sure. 35 years i've been serving god now um um which month have you not I, there hasn't been a month so i don't know you know what it means not to hmm. to tithe um but i don't know lack either yeah. but i think that i mean that's probably and I, and i want us to get into some of these kingdom principles of that are kingdom principles and defining them in terms of both the church but also business and the, mm. and other aspects because i think just touching on tithing i think that's a really key one um but but I mean, you like you're saying, you were always passionate about the church, passionate about God from that moment of being radically saved. But when did you then, as an engineer working on the mines in that world, in engineering, when did you feel God actually calling you into pastoral ministry? Um, so I think what happened was um, it's one of these things, and I, I think it's got to do with gifting and calling, Yeah, is that wherever Jane and I kind of set our... So whether it was in, in mm. Bloemfontein, um, we were um, married nine months while I was um, uh, in doing national service, and then whether it was in Clarkstorp, whether it was when we moved, it, moved to Johannesburg, uh, um, when we got involved in church, mm. uh, it, it kind of... We naturally, supernaturally gravitated towards... Um, church leadership mm. it, it kind of was was one of those things that people would identify and then mm. and so we um uh, we were in the church in johannesburg and um at the time uh, with our, our pastor then who had just planted um greg garrett and 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 we were with greg and it's interesting that um rory and kathy mole who are from mm. this region from this, from this valley from yeah. this valley were actually ministering at um um i remember it still very clearly in uh, bedford view primary school mm. hall and we were present i was sitting on the front row and at the time god i really felt god has spoken to me clearly about business mm. and about my call to business but i was already an elder mm. in the life of the church so i'm, I'm young in my 30s as an elder and it kind of was it just seemed out of um you know the the the, the word elder just mm. kind of didn't fit my young mm. age but i was in a movement that um that really championed mm. young leaders and so um and so i was in eldership i was in leadership um uh, and you know in a place of influence and god was doing stuff in our hearts mm. and 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 we were we were active in the life of the church um i, I love church mm. um i i, I 
I don't know. I, I haven't had a single day out of church. Hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know what the post-church is like. I, I, I can't explain it to you. I can't explain not going to church on a Sunday morning. It, it, it's, it's a concept I don't yeah. have. And so um, uh, I remember Rory was ministering, and, and, um, and, and he called me out. And um, he, he basically uh, confirmed a word, mm. hey, that, um, that, that business that mm. God wanted to, mm. to, um, to empower me in business. And so it, it was an incredibly powerful prophetic mm. word that I got. And um, my business mate that was sitting next to me, um, who'd also just got saved, he heard it. And he got so, um, I still had the, the, the old mm. tapes. You know, yeah, you, you, you got those, 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 <laughs> those tapes. Keep the Walkman on them. Big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you listen to the tape and, yeah. and you can hear as Rory is prophesying, um, you know, Alex is, is uh, he, he's just going berserk. Yeah. And, um, and it was at that moment that I realized that uh, there was something special that God had called sure. myself and Jane too. Mm. And... Um, it was a short while later, um, a good friend of ours said to me, Ham, I see you mm. carrying two swords. Mm. And so I've always had um, this calling of two swords. Mm. He said, I see a sword of church ministry. Mm. And he said, I see a sword of business ministry, both of the kingdom. Mm. And from that point onwards, I realized that uh, the kingdom is not the church yeah. on its own. And the church is not the kingdom yeah. on its own. That the church is in the kingdom. And um, and that business is as important as church ministry. Mm. So is business. So is family life. Yeah. So is family life. Um, so is marriage. So uh, I hold a view that uh, the kingdom is everything um, mm. that Jesus has a sphere of influence on. And for me, that's my whole life. Mm. And um, and so, so it probably early nineties. Sure. But I think what you're saying now is also profound, and I actually wanted to get to this, but we're talking about it now. So, just what you just how you're describing the kingdom, I think, is so important because so many people, I think, have have heard about the kingdom, have heard about God's, you know, the the way that the kingdom influences all spheres of life. Mm -hmm. But but how they've take how they've walked away from that is to say, okay, so. God's going to bless me in my particular spheres of influence and but it's but it remains basically for their own sake. Yeah. They basically it's basically I'm going to be um this big whatever whatever area of influence I'm in. I'm mm. going to be I'm going to become something in this area. I'm going to have influence in this area and it ultimately is for my own sake. It's yeah. ultimately to make my life better. Yeah. And and what I'm hearing you saying and what I've seen in your life is that's not how you've seen your role in terms of these two swords. It's not these two things are for you to fight for yourself, but are actually swords for you to fight the kingdom battles, which are which are more than just what what concerns Ham and his yeah, family. Yeah. So I think what's important is that we, we got to define what is the kingdom. Hmm. And um, I, I, I think I wrestled around that a long time. And, um, and, and, and one morning, you know, God took me to, I don't know if you want to bring it up here. Yeah. So, um, Luke, uh, chapter 17, verse 21. Um, so uh, I, I think Luke, um, Luke seventeen twenty one is a really, really important because, um, um, maybe if you've got 20 and, uh, 
20 and 21. So let me read it. I'm going to read from the New King James. So it says, Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Hmm. So essentially what he's saying is that the kingdom isn't the external um, nor will it come, nor will they say, see here or see there. So it, it's not this visible hmm. um, external, and I, I think that's what the, the you know the, the New Testament Jews were looking for. They were yeah. looking for they were looking for this king who was going to come in and and save them from the wrath of the Romans. But it says um, it says for indeed the kingdom of God is where the kingdom of God is within you, hmm. and once. I had a revelation that the kingdom of God is actually within me. That means that that whatever, in terms of the sphere of influence that Jesus has in my life, in terms of Him being on the throne, um, that that meant that that whatever I do, it's about my heart. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so when it comes to church ministry, it's about my heart. Hmm. When it comes to business, it's about my heart. When it comes to my marriage, it's about my heart. Yeah. When it comes to my family, it's about my heart. When it comes to my friendships, and it comes to um, ministry into other regions, um, you know, whether it's sent church ministry mm. or, or whatever it is, it's always um, the kingdom is is evident eh, in my heart. Mm. And so, w- when when my heart is in the right place, eh, mm. the kingdom comes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, I, I've I've looked and and um, um, I've I've always realized that uh, um, that God calls us to live mm. for the benefit of others. Mm. So Jesus lived for the benefit of, of us all. Yeah. I mean, when he came to minister, he actually came to minister. Um, it, it wasn't about making himself famous. Mm. It was actually about him fulfilling the heart of the mm. Father, redeeming us. Say. And empowering us so that we could represent him, and mm. we could we could continue with the kingdom of God. And so I realized that that for as long as the the heart of man carries the heart of God, mm. the kingdom of God is present. Yeah. So for me, the kingdom of God starts in Genesis chapter yeah. one, and it finishes in the book of Revelation, yeah. um, and it will continue. Mm. So it it has been, it is, and it will be. And it covers every sphere of life. So dualistic living is um, is, is kind of I, I challenge people yeah. when when they say to me, you know, that um, I can I can live one way on a Monday, but mm. another way on a on, on a Sunday. Hey, the way I am on Sunday is the way I need to be mm. on Monday, which is the way I need to be on Saturday, which is the way I need to be in my whole life. Yeah. So I don't come to church on a Sunday and have a special language mm. or a pitch or a tone. That I speak in, I speak like this. Yeah. When I pray, I pray like this. Yeah. So I don't have to have a, um, y- y- you know, for me to access God because God's everywhere. Yeah. He's present, and so um, it's His kingdom. It's yeah. His rule. It's His reign. And I mean, that's kind of what these evenings are, are. What we want them to be about is really about that. What you just expressed is a dualistic living that often is part of the church. Is often this thing of we live different ways depending on the context we're in. And we we define our faith often through um, our Christian activity, yeah. and, and and by that I mean our religious activities, yes, yes. Um, where that's not the case. And I mean, Roxy mentioned their tithing statement so powerful. I mean, it comes back to me to that statement you made about tithing, when you were talking about the heart 
because even if you think of those that very first tithe where it's Cain and Abel yes and God has regard for the one and he doesn't have regard for the other and we when we expound that a bit mm. and we understand what's happening there there's something of of a heart attitude that's yeah. wrong yeah, yeah there's a there's the one comes and brings their best they come and they yeah. want to worship God yeah. with what they bring yeah. it's not a duty it's not a I have to it's mm. not the done thing it's it's a worship to God. And the mm. other one sees that and says, well, let me also bring something. Yeah. Um, and I think so many Christians, I mean, that is such a powerful point because so many Christians will, will look at their life and say, well, it's, it's just not working out for me. But so much of their life is just a bringing something to appease or something to, it's like, I want to appease God or I want to I bring something so I could maybe get something. But it's not that genuine heart mm which is fully surrendered to God. And like you said, which is of all aspects, it's got to be your marriage, it's got to be mm. your family, it's got to be your business, it's got to be church, it's got to be everything. Yeah. And I think tithing is just something that kind of, you know, they say your where you put your money is often where your heart is. It's just yeah, a reality. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because um, I, was, I was a bit naughty uh, mentioning tithing because uh, it's kind of one of my fun ones to throw out there. Um, because... Many people wrestle with me and say, you know, um, how do businesses tithe? Yeah. They ask me that question. You know, how do individuals tithe? Um, you know, do I do I tithe on my, um, do I tithe on this or tithe on that? Um, is tithing even mm. New Testament? And um, only if I really want to be cheeky and um, I kind of want to make a point, and, and maybe I'll, I'll do that right now, is that, I think tithing is an Old Testament principle. I think the New Testament principle is that God requires 33%. Hmm. He gave a third of himself. <laughs> Why don't we give a third of ourselves? Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I find that deeply challenging. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I, only give a, I only give a tenth. Hmm. You know, I, I think God's calling us to give a lot to more. Give more. And... Um, and so, so I challenge people. Um, I think that, that's they don't a good like challenge. Me for it, eh? I think it's a good challenge because I think that's that's an expression of of our hearts. Uh, money is often an expression of our hearts, and in, especially in difficult times. Mm. And we're living in a difficult time for a lot of yeah. people. It's been very difficult. Um, and maybe you want to share some of the testimonies how how God has actually blessed your business and yeah. blessed the church even yeah. during this difficult yeah. time. But for a lot of people, they'll say, "Well, it's difficult." And so, um, you know, I can't. Mm. Um, and there's, there's that statement expresses something of a lack of faith in God. Yeah. But it's uh, there's something of the heart that's being expressed. Yeah. Which often money reveals that yeah. and is a challenge to us. Yeah. So I mean, Jane and I have actually chosen to live at a standard of living that um, that's that fits our tithe. Mm. Um, so we we uh, the very first thing we do is we tithe. So people say it's a pre-tax, post-tax, or whatever. You know, I, I, um, you know, give, you know, give to Caesar what he Caesar's, mm. and give to God what he's got. So, uh, for me, it's kind of really straightforward. Mm. But, um, um, so yeah, it's 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 this whole heart. Um, you know, I, th I think human nature. You always want bigger, better, faster, mm. and um, and we've been content with having, you know, less, slower. Mm. And and just being steady. And mm. uh, the, the the crazy thing is, is that 
you know, as I've been reading just through Matthew at the moment, the definitions, uh, you know, Jesus defines what the kingdom mm. is. Mm. And um, so he speaks about this, this 30, 60, 100 mm. fold of the kingdom. And we're living in that. We, mm. we, 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 we're living examples. Now, is it because we're tired? I, it's possibly part of yeah. it. But the, 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 the reality is, is that um, the kingdom is the heart. And mm. so God's checking my heart. Mm. And so he's asked me to do some crazy things. Mm. You know, he's asked me to, um, uh, it, it's not just about, um, about the money because essentially the love of the money mm. is where we get stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I always say to people that, uh, you know, what God can get into your hand, he gets mm. through your hand. Mm. But we're so tight-fisted that mm. he can't get anything in. No. I don't know if you've ever tried to, uh, try it with your, your, your children there. Hey? Try and give them something and ask them to close their fist day and then give them something. Mm. Give them a sweet day. Eh? Mm. Um, it'll be very difficult mm. for them to actually handle it. Eh? You've got to be open-handed. But mm. to be open-handed, that means you've got to empty your hand. Yeah. And so God has that principle in mind. Is, is, is what he can get through you, he can get to you. And so um, for me, that's kingdom. Yeah. Um, so, and so I think it is a direct, I, I do think, and that's, one of the things I wanted to touch on tonight is I do think there's a direct correlation between um, your faithfulness and, and we've spoken about tithing, but again, mm. I think tithing is, it's an expression of the heart because yes. you can give begrudgingly yes. and that's not really tithing yeah. either. No. Um, it's an expression of the heart um, that you are, that of worship to God. Um, but just, just coming back a little bit to your story and as we bring all these things together. So, there's a call into ministry. You right. guys come to Cape Town yeah, and you give up the business as it were. I mean, you're doing a bit of engineering here or there, but you're primarily now in pastoral ministry coming to Cape Town. And yeah. then how does God take us through that story of how God just totally restores everything. Maybe, maybe begin with the sort of the selling of the business and moving. And yeah. So, so, um, I mean, we, we, we moved to Johannesburg with the, 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 the prime express had to take over the business there and so um uh, i we don't have a dime we don't have money i mean i i say to people we we owned the doorknob of the house and the spare wheel of the car <laughs> that was our sum total of assets and um god miraculously and and i i make this statement is that um the two gentlemen who owned the engineering firm at, at the time um this is what god did god took their money hmm. and gave it to me hmm. To buy the business from them, God took their money, hmm. gave it to me, to buy the business from them. So essentially, I took their money and I bought the business from them with their money. Okay. I, how did it work? That's another whole hour just sitting and talking about that because that and that was the first time. That's the first at, time at, that the same thing happened twice. Oh, this sense. probably more. probably more than okay. Yeah, you get so, it. Yeah, so so. That in, in and in 2004 5, I just really felt God say to me, Okay, now, mm. um, I gave you the business, give it away, and I literally did. I sold it for peanuts, and um, and I thought, Lord, what am I doing? You know, mm. I, I could be a multi million rand, mm. I mean, multi millionaire, and then I, I, I sold it for very little. But um, the statement was, I gave it to mm. you, it's yours to give away, mm. and I think that was the test because mm. he was testing my heart there, and so. We then, um, we, so, so I always have done church ministry mm. and, and uh, business. I hold ministry. So people say to me, are you in full-time ministry? I, the answer is always yes. Mm. Um, am I in church full-time ministry? Yes. Am I in business full-time ministry? Yes. Mm. Am I called? Yes. 
it's it's kind of um, no brainers yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, people around me saying, "Oh, I wish I could be in ministry." I say, "You are in ministry." Hmm. Um, if I look at the scriptures and it's, it speaks about this one that serves, you in ministry, and so um, and so, I sell the business. I uh, I go into church ministry. Hmm. So I switch my days, and so I spend four days in church ministry, hmm. one day in engineering, and I kind of supported the business that I hmm. um, um, the, the the chap who bought it. And um, and then we get this call into Cape Town, which is also a, a story on its own. Mm. But I won't tell that tonight because um, you know that's just uh, that's more mm. about God speaking mm. and, and and God dealing with our uh, with our hearts again mm. in terms of will we go mm. for Him? But um, anyway, we 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 arrive in Cape Town and um, I take over the leadership of Connections, and um, and and so I lead and. Um, the the money essentially uh, I always um, uh, I always joke and say I paid for my own warfare because <laughs> it wasn't a lot of money in the church. Yeah. I mean the the coffers were empty. We we uh, the previous leader we we you know generously sowed everything we had. We just gave to him, gave to them, and we were left with nothing. And so um, Jane and I kind of funded ourselves mm. uh, for the first couple of years, and um, we we got bits and pieces here and there, but. Um, uh, I always had a, a so for about four years I kind of went silent mm. on the engineering and then I picked up again. They phoned me to say, "Listen, will I get involved again?" Mm. Because I, there were some really key thoughts mm. and ideas that I I've got in terms of my mm. creativity. So people, I never thought I was creative mm. until I looked at um, I looked at the scriptures and I see that uh, you know the the um, the, the artisans yeah, are, are gifted by the are spirit. gifted by the spirit and and I yeah. understood that mm. and so. Um, it was probably around, uh, my timing is, is, is so terrible, but 2015, I think it was, I, I get a call from Mike Hanchett mm. and, and, and Mike is sitting in, um, Denver in the U S and he phones me and he says, Ham, he says the strangest word for you. Mm. He says, um, I believe God is saying that you need to prepare yourself because he wants to restore your patents. Mm. I said to him, what does that mean? He says, Man, I, I believe God's wanting you to get back into business. So I, I, I'd been doing quite a bit mm. of consulting mm. then and, and a bit of traveling around the world um, for, to, to, to get to various kind of mines and, and, and help them out. But um, I said, ah, that's interesting. About two months later, a chap by the name of Robert Kinsella, he, um, he got hold of me. Um, he hunted me down here in Fishhook mm. and, and he walked into the house and he said to me, he said, Ham, um, uh, God is... God is telling you he's wanting to restore business to you. You need to do business. Um, you need to do business ministry and church ministry mm. side by side again. And I mean, this man doesn't know me from a bar of sofa. And, um, and so he says, change your leadership style mm. because uh, I want to do things differently. And so sure. that started a whole process. Sure. And, and I mean, you journeyed mm. all of that with me, uh, kind of um, yourself and, and um, Percy and, I mean, we walk mm. through this stuff in terms of what that looked like, but um, and, and so I positioned myself differently, um, and I was never fully paid by the church. Mm. Mm. I always had um, um, I was uh, I was financed mm. um, through business activities, mm. and and God was faithful. I mean, we we had uh, children going through university and. And, and, and finishing matric and doing all their tertiary education and all of that kind mm. of stuff in terms of Ashkeon and Michaela. Um, we then decided to adopt mm. 
So, you know, Zach is coming mm. through and suddenly we've got preschool yeah. fees again. You know, preschool fees are higher yeah. than yeah. primary school. And so we've got all of that. And um, and then Sim comes along, you know, and, and, and suddenly we're adopting a second child. Then Clarissa comes along and, and now we've got six kids, you know, um, yeah, three biological, two adopted, one um, fostered. And, and so you think this is crazy, man. Uh, uh, where, where's all the money going to mm. come from? And um, uh, Jane always reminds me of a book that we read uh, called Anointed for Burial. Um, uh, uh, I think the Burks uh, wrote the book, and it's about the Cambodian, um, the Khmer Rouge in the 70s. And sure. this phrase was in there, God's work done God's way will see God's provision. Sure. God's work done God's way will see God's provision. And so, um, so, so all of this is happening. And uh, on the um, um, February the... Um, 2016, I remember it had 29 days sure. in it, because on that afternoon I got a call to say, listen, cease your consulting immediately. Um, the business that you're consulting to has gone bankrupt. And I thought, Lord, what now? Sure. And, um, uh, and, and so to, to put it into a very you know, uh, short story, by the middle of March, um, a friend of mine in Johannesburg had phoned me up and said, listen, I want to give you a business. He said, I'll take 50%, you take 50%. Eh? And uh, he said, do you want it? On the phone. Hmm. Um, he, and he said, industry wants you back. And so he said, I'll give you some time to think about it. I said, I don't need to think about it. I said, my answer is yes. Hmm. That was, I think, the Thursday. The Sunday, he sends me an email. He says, you know what, 50% eh? is not good enough. He says, you have 100%. And he gave me a business 100% eh, of all the product I developed back in the early 2000s mm. and mm. that we sold under license for him, mm. he gave me that whole business. Sure. He gave me the patents. By the 25th of uh, March, I had the mm. patents. I had um, all the design work that mm. I'd done. And uh, by the end of March, he put a thousand, uh, a million rand, sorry. <laughs> he put a million rand into our bank account and so. he said, yeah, we go. I, I know you've been in church ministry, but, uh, you need to you need to operate as a as a business now, and that's what happened. I, I, sure. I got back into business. I, I picked up my other sword again. So suddenly, uh, you know, where my my left hand was kind of really working hard, now my right hand started mm. working hard, and it has been an amazing, amazing journey. Sure. So, sure. and just I mean, yeah, that, uh, it, there's so much more that even I'm just thinking yeah. as you're sharing this about yeah. all the things that happened around that and. You know, just how God unfolded that. And I think that's the amazing thing is exactly as you say, as you are faithful with what God has put in your hand, even if mm. it's little, mm. as we are faithful, God can give us more. God can empower yes, us with more. Yes. Um, and I think that's what I think that's probably one of the messages out of this that I think is pertinent for people who are um, whatever work they're in, mm. whatever business they're in, wherever they are, no matter what their job is, um, that they need it's it's a change of thinking around those things and actually seeing this as, as something God has put in your hand yeah and to be an incredibly faithful steward with what God has given you yes um and faithful to do the work because obviously there's work yeah, to be done yeah. but faithful to be a witness to show yeah. to live a certain yeah, life yeah. in that context and then even faithful with what you do with God's blessing that yes, comes from that yes. that that provision yes are you being faithful with that in terms yeah. of God's ministry yes. and there's a message of that that God wants to, He's looking for people to yeah. to elevate. He's looking for people who He can promote mm. in the right time at the right season. So I, I believe that if if 
uh, if we are able to steward uh, what God puts in our hands well in this season, which is, I, I, if I had to call it a season, I believe it's a Joseph season. I believe God is raising up men and women who are faithful stewards hey, of, of business mm. and of businesses hey, and, and that, are, um, that are creative, entrepreneurial, mm. that are creating opportunities for others to be able to, to, to grow. I, I don't know if you've seen that, um, that clip. Hey. There's a, there's a, um, one of our, our church members sent a clip out about a maize field in the USA. Mm. No. And so there's a story that goes, this maize, maize field mm. is planted. And so there's a competition who can, who can actually develop the best mm. corn. And so the question gets asked of the farmer, you know, tell me, how do you do this? You know, you, 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 you keep winning mm. the, um, the prize for the best mm. corn. And he said, what I do is I take the best seed and I give it to my neighbors. Mm. I said, isn't that counterproductive? Aren't you aiding your neighbors mm. to produce the best corn he says no he says there's method in my madness he says if they've got the best corn that means that when it comes to the pollinating pollinating cross pollinating Mm. when the best corn is all around me Mm. i don't have any corn Mm. he says when i've got bad corn around me and they're pollinating my corn Mm. because the wind blows Mm. he says my corn will be bad and he says, I'll always have the best corn because I always give the best away. Sure. And that kind of really sure. resonated with sure. me is that um, for, 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 um, for me to be the best me is to make sure that those who are around me, hey, are the best them. Hmm. Yeah, pouring into other people. And so I think that's ultimately the kingdom. Because even this passage that you quoted, um, I think is so relevant. Yes. I'm just trying to find my mouse here. I did highlight it there. Um, you know, the, there's there's actually there's two ways that this passage is interpreted, and, yes. and they're both correct. Is that he's saying the kingdom is within you, as yes. in as yes. in within me, yes. But the kingdom is within us, yes, as the collective, and it's about how we see each other mm. and how we invest in each other, um, and even in business, in terms of what God has done with your business, there's been an opportunities. And again, I think a lot of people think, oh what God wants to do in the kingdom is that he's going to elevate me for my own sake. But just take us through the journey, even for connections church, you know, there was a, the church had, didn't, did not have a building for, I mean, how many years? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, 1999, we were planted and where we now, um, you know, 2020. Yeah. And, um, you know, God has spoken to us about a building in, in 2010 already. So we've been looking for, um, just a piece of land in this mm. area for 10 years. And just, I mean, we've tried many adventures mm. and nothing happened. And I was always waiting for um, somebody who was a steward mm. to be able to do that. And um, and through this entire process of God kind mm. of um, stirring me to, to, to put my... So, so here I am leading a team at, at, in the Leading Connections. Um, I, I mean, you've, you've led a church. It, it, mm. it, it's t- it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, you you got to know you're called. Hmm. You 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 don't just do that because it's it's you know a good paying job. You, you know you you take you take a pounding, hmm. and um, um, you know you you stand up and so but uh, um, and so I really just I was crying out to God one morning and I was saying God you know um, how are we going to do this. Hmm. 
And God said, well, wh- why don't you do it? Hmm. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I'll empower you. I said, that's crazy. How? And then he releases this business to me. Hmm. And so, um, so yeah, we've had an opportunity just as we've, and, and I mean, we've been very, very um, um, attuned to the prophetic hmm. words that have been spoken. Um, I mean, a prophetic picture you hmm. saw, uh, prophetic pictures and, and prophetic words that we've received and, and that we would uh, be central hmm. in terms of our expression. And so, yeah, we, we're in the process of um, transforming a factory building hmm. um, to be a, a place where we can gather and we can meet with God hmm. collectively. And I'm so glad you pointed out, you know, that within you, yeah. it doesn't mean that the, the kingdom of God is only in Hamilton. Yeah. Like actually, the kingdom, it, it, it's within us. And, yeah. and that's the point that Jesus is making, is that when we gather as us, the kingdom yes. is present. Yes. And so, um, and there's a significance even that in terms of the vision and the calling, because there's even there is a step of faith, because yeah. that particular location that God has led you guys to has been a location very much, um, and I'm using language from another conversation where it's been it's in the margins. Yes, it's in the margins of communities. It's not mm. in the Fisher community, which right. is predominantly a white right. community. It's yeah. not in the Massey community, which no. is predominantly black. It's not in Ocean View, which no. is predominantly colored, but it's actually in the margins of all three yeah. of those communities, yeah. very strategically, very. because God is calling the church to be something different than what the world has has seen. Absolutely, and so um, uh, I, I honestly believe that God is wanting to um, train and equip saints through the church to be effective ministers mm. in the kingdom. Mm. For me, that's the Ephesians text. Yeah. That's the Ephesians yeah. call, and um, there are are. There are people that are called into fivefold gifting, mm. and I believe that we've got to release them to do that mm. because that's 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 what they're called mm. to do, and so we don't despise that. Eh? But um, I've realised that um, I need to be the best me, mm. so that you can be the best mm. you, mm. and you cannot be me, and I can't be you. Mm. But when we're the best that God has called us to be, I'm telling you, we are a mighty army, mm. and um, I don't think anything can stand. Yeah, in absolutely. the way of seeing the kingdom of God expanding. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so spot on, Ham. And I mean, I, I think for me, what's exciting, I mean, there's so many things that's exciting about this, but it's its the witness, it's the testimony of many years of journeying. Mm. It's, it's a testimony to other business owners in terms of thinking the way mm. that God wants us to think about our business. Yes. But even for people who are working, even if someone has a as a mundane job um, that they might feel is mundane, that does not mean that they're excluded from this kingdom call not because there is a significance in being faithful with what God has given you to steward. And also the call for some people in that situation, uh, and uh, yeah. uh, just to say this, they might feel, oh, I would, I would be better served to be in church ministry. And that's, that's a false idea. Unless church God's course. calling yeah. you into church yeah. ministry, which is, is a very unique calling. And I think we, we, we've been in movements where your, your ultimate pursuit is to be in this church hmm. ministry. And um, I, I have a sense that God is actually kind of uh, um, shifting that. Hmm. Eh? I want to make this one point I think is really, really important. is um, I, I believe that, um, that moms, stay-at-home moms, hmm. sure. um, I want to speak to them tonight. I want to I say to you that the... the the kingdom mandate uh, and, and your ministry is so powerful and mm. so crucial. Um, I think the world has has diminished stay-at-home stay moms eh, mm. to 
um, to the lowest level, mm. and I want to say, arise, mm. take your rightful place. Say, um, y- you are as much a powerful minister of the the gospel mm. of the kingdom as um, as I would be in pulpit ministry, mm. um, as you would be in terms of of, of teaching. Or, uh, or pulpit ministry, or as I would mm. be in terms of leading a, a, a business. Mm. And um, uh, I want to say that the kingdom of God reaches every aspect of life. Yeah. And um, uh, I do not despise a stay-at-home mom. I um, I believe that that opportunity is a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah. And in, a, in the world today, it's despised. Yeah. It's kind of looked and frowned upon, and um, you kind of just shove your kids off to a to a nanny and 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 hope they'll develop into something you know um i know that jane has given her heart Mm. and soul to this and we can see the fruit of it yeah i mean we we went through that and i think we've spoken about this before and and we want to speak more about parenting and 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 education as well but we also went through that we we gave that a try for six months and it was absolute hell on earth. And God said, no, put, put an end to that. Yeah. And, um, and Roxy's, I mean, now Roxy's working half day, but you know, the kids are in school half yeah, day, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's yeah. working. And you know, the blessing of being with your children, I mean, there's nothing, mm. again, it's the people, mm. it's the kingdom is within you. What are yeah. we investing into yeah. our children yeah. and, and who's investing into yeah. our children? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't agree more with what, what you're saying, Ham. I want to just say we are kind of out of time, but we, the guys have been very quiet tonight on the chat. I don't know. It's just, but it's been great actually because it's given you space to just, unpack your story, no, which I think has been very valuable. I've kind of given you uh, the broad brush. Yeah, okay. the, no, the whole, Jane says to me, I talk too much. So no, I don't, I've had to I don't, be very measured tonight. No, I don't think so, Ham. We could have gone much longer and and covered much more. But I want to give the guys opportunity. If there is someone watching, Roxy's the only one who's commented so far. If there's anyone else watching who wants to post a comment, ask him a question. Maybe there's some connections, guys, who are watching. Maybe there's some. We even had um, Mike joined us the other week. Uh, Mike, um, uh, Mike Bullock. Yeah, oh, he wow. was here with us um, from Brilliant. the UK. Oh, so funny. if there's anyone watching, obviously I there's love, some. I love Mike and Julie. Um, yeah, they're I miss amazing. Them, I miss them dearly was uh, our delight to actually connect with them when we went over but the uk the do UK. need some good people so it's you know you need mm. to send them off there hey? can't keep yeah, all no, the good the, people yeah yeah so um but i know there's a lot of people who will watch this after the fact so i just want to give a last opportunity for anyone who wants to post um a comment or a question um do so now before we we i'm going to start ending off um any other final thoughts in terms of i think i mean we didn't actually speak about this but um you know, it's been a crazy time with what's happened in the world and what's happening in the church as a result of that as well. There's a stirring, there's a shaking that's happening. Mm. Um, but you've even expressed to me just the incredible blessing that you guys have seen in yeah. church in terms yeah. of continually being faithful yeah. and how God has blessed um, people in your context as well. What other thoughts are there? Well, I mean, just uh, just a quick testimony. Um, I mean, through COVID, uh, we we were able to support um, quite a few families. Um, I, I've got to make this statement: is that um, our church income has been at a level that I've never seen in the sure. life of the church, and I've been what fourteen, fifteen years now. Uh, it, it's been at that level. Sure. We've been, um, you know, every week uh, has been a substantial amount of money that's been going out, and and we've done that for seven months. And God, in support of families, in support of families who 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 was due to the lockdown, kind of really struggled. And so we had quite a few people actually mm. get jobs. We, um, um, 
I don't know of anybody who's mm. who's unemployed right now. Sure. In the life of the church. In the life of the church. Um, we, we've had some, some people get some radical breakthroughs. Mm. And, um, um, I mean, I, our tithes and offerings are at an all-time high. And we, mm. don't, we don't do in-person gatherings no. in terms of our Sunday meetings. And so I'm... I, I, I'm overwhelmed mm. at the goodness and the faithfulness mm. of God. I mean, he's been so faithful to us. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, um, God is in the people business. Mm. Mm. And so when I make it my business to be in the people business mm. and I make it about the relationship and the people, God makes a way. Yeah. And that way at the moment does seem like it's a hundredfold for us. Hundredfold um, blessing. Hundredfold blessing. And, and, and we're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, so it's it. not for us to retain, but it's actually we're wanting to create a space for this region that um, that that can bless people. We can see them uh, um, healed, transformed, mm. changed, um, kingdom living. Um, I, I, my desire is to see men and women operating in businesses. Hey, that are so creative mm. that uh, um, um, you know we, we would even change the environment. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what about what about cleaning the ocean of its plastic? Mm. Mm. What's that got to do with man? Sure, let's make some money out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think God's going to do that. I think God's going to raise. I think He's already busy raising people up. Yeah. And I think I, I, what I love about your story and your journey is, I don't think you're the only one. I think God's doing this in yes. many places around yes. the world. But I think we need to hear these testimonies. We need to see the examples of people who have faithfully been um, walking with the Lord. And like you're saying, who, who've actually made it about the kingdom yeah. and about the people yeah. and about God. Yeah. And and God has blessed that. And it just makes me, again, also think about the concept of the kingdom is that, and, and with all the stuff that's happening in the world now, I mean, we began this conversation talking about American elections. I mean, we could talk for hours about South Africa and the, and the mess that our government is in. But the thing about the kingdom of God is that regardless of what is happening externally, yeah. regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in, because you are under God's authority yes. and under God's leadership yes. and you've submitted yourself there and not under worldly leadership, mm. God is the one who sustains you. God Absolutely. is the one who undertakes for you. Mm. And this might be a strange thing for people, even for Christians. I think, well, how does that work? Yeah. It just does. It just does work that way. Look, look I... I you know, I said to my team um, in the engineering side, I said, no day will ever be the same. Mm. It's always different. And I literally wake up in the morning and um, we, we've got inquiries from around the world. And so we're sitting here in Fishhook in Cape Town. 